by like a minute it felt like. pigeon love uh, i want to see a dc comic timeline yeah. where he turns into the pigeon because he loves <laughs> like pigeons. that's his new surprises right yeah. uh but this sinister if we had uh, just allowed the elves to unionize this never would have happened walk in but they're not gonna be thinking you're about to rob this place right right except he did it in the dumbest way possible Keep us safe and to keep Santa's from ter- terrorizing mm-hmm. the community. I know myself. <laughs> uh, other than just releasing the bees, we're accounts of assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon. Bees, run! Your firearms are useless. What are you gonna do? Going goblin mode. He was doing something wrong. It was just the fervor with which he was doing it. Good. <laughs> the magic it's of so much better with five Beautiful. people trying to get their connections <laughs> to sync up. Hey, at least you weren't last this yeah. time. Uh, he probably was. You I know. was early by like a minute. It felt like because <laughs> <laughs> you lagged for like a minute. <laughs> Robert's dying. He's killing me. <laughs> it's like one frame per second. Beautiful. Just stay like yeah. really still. Oh yeah, perfect. It looks like statuesque. All right, well, welcome to the season finale of Bros of Murder. Finale. Oh, hello. Oh, I don't, <laughs> you had no idea. I barely knew the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're like that every week. <laughs> the Sunday group chat. Like, wait, so what are we doing again? Yeah, no, it was like one Does in the morning, break? and I was like listening to some of your previous podcasts and like searching up stuff. Like, oh, I gotta find a good one. And then I met with Robert earlier. He's like, oh no, dumb crimes. Damn it. <laughs> Robert didn't give you any type of... To be yeah. fair, he did. I just... Oh, no, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, now you know, this episode is all about dumb crimes. We haven't done it at all this season. This season's been pretty, like, serious for the most part. So I figured we should, like, end on a softer note and cleanse the palate. And we're joined by a wonderful band and friend of the show, Freddy Versus. Hey, hey. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey. Howdy. I'm Robbie. I play the drums in the band, and I'm excited to get dumb with you. <laughs> TJ, I play bass in Freddy Versus, and I am also excited to read my really dumb, but somehow it worked out crime. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay, question. Out of all of you, how many people had crimes where the, the perpetrator got away? I did. Oh, no, mine did. He got he, his ass going to jail. Damn. Which, honestly, I didn't think he would. Because I don't, I'll start off, because I felt like, all right, it's kind of a harm, not harmless. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Andre, Andre, who are we? What is this? What's oh, shit. Rosa Murder. <laughs> we are a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that covers yes. color and dumb crimes and plays you music from artists you probably never heard of because I have immaculate taste and that can't be argued. We do that shit so much, people are going to think it's like scripted. It is really when not. We forget to have, introduce the show. I, I'm just an asshole. No. <laughs> 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 this is really it. Actually, all this is over. I have to ask you one of the podcasts you opened with a song, and I need to ask you what it was. What, like the opening for every episode? I, no, no, or? no. Or maybe it was closing. You play them at the end of the podcast. Is that right? Or is it the early? Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. Anyways, try to remind me. I gotta find that and ask you. I got you, I got you. 
let me know if this guy should have went to jail or not. I think he should have got probation, but whatever. A man is sitting in prison now for dumping a bunch of body parts across Arizona in total 53 different body parts. Now, Walter Harold Mitchell, what is called a Mitch, promised several families that upon the donation of their loved one bodies, that the bodies will be used for medical researches. You know, just normal body donation things. And also treated with dignity and respect. And upon their use, they'll be cremated. He, he was trying to do something. Oh no, he was doing a public, a, a, like a publicity stunt for a point, but it backfired horribly. <laughs> so now, Walter's a 61 year old man who operated a Seattle based cadaver business called Future Genics. You know, cadavers and body parts are so. Yeah, that was a dumb name. I was thinking it's very I mean, close to eugenics, yeah. <laughs> he is a blonde man, so. Mm. And then diving into this, I've learned that the cadaver business is highly unregulated and abuse apparently is very commonplace and goes unreported because no one is really looking into what's happening with these bodies after they're sold. Uh, one woman who is a who donates to a program at the Minnesota Medical School said that it's essentially human trafficking, but dead bodies. That yeah, that's really what it is. You, people are just shilling bodies back and forth for thousands of dollars. Now, on December 26, 2020, two woodcutters discovered a human arm and a leg. And then when officers got there, they found nearly two dozen other body parts at that initial scene. The next day, several more heads were recovered after two hunters discovered a head in the woods doing what hunters do i'm assuming beating up for gay sex yeah. hey you can wear many hats yeah exactly the village people it was just a collection of fun hats you can wear while meeting up for anonymous sex mm. <laughs> and the no that's cowboys ah, yeah. back right. love the ymca i mean they're both wearing hats Correct. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> effectively. <laughs> oh yeah. And oh, so, and then, that's what it is. Okay. So when someone correct. says they're a man of many hats, now I know what they mean. That's right. Yeah, that means they have a scruff account. <laughs> so now, uh, on the heads and different body parts, there were medical research tags and serial numbers. All of these leading directly back to Mitchell and his company, Futurgenics. I don't know why if you're going to dump a bunch of bodies, why would you just take the tags off <laughs> of the individual pieces? An incredibly well thought out plan. With your company's name and address on it. So now after local authorities uh, reported the findings of 24 total human limbs, including five heads, to the Prescott Precinct, Mitchell was immediately arrested in his Scottsdale apartment. Several dozen people have been linked to the remains, and the body parts are primarily women, which I found that part to be very odd. Also, a question, why were they parts? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That part was not explained. What happened to the rest of them? So, body brokers sell body parts parted out. So, like, when we covered the case previously, they talked about, like, you buy individual pieces of bodies for a lot of experimenting and stuff. Oh, so they're not wholesaling. Hmm. <laughs> we're going to give them the Mitch. Well, so the body parts that were discovered included knees, shoulders, arms, legs, and pieces of the skull. There weren't many intact skulls. I dead ass thought you were going to from... say head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> in that order. Yes. <laughs> Missed that, but now you're right. I'll fix that in post-production. Please. 
Now, uh, aside from being wrapped in gauze, the body parts were mainly just scattered about with no type. There weren't there weren't any bags or boxes. They were just chucked into the woods. During the whole investigation, it was revealed that Mitch had been renting out freezer space in Washington, where he was storing the body parts of about 12 people. The donors' parts were taken by Mitchell to Arizona when he left Washington in February, and it seems like he left because his business at the same time also closed. So he went on a road trip <laughs> with 12 different people's body parts in a U-Haul. It's not his yeah, fault but... nobody wanted to buy kneecaps. <laughs> <laughs> I know dudes that would pay so much money for kneecaps. I know people. He just couldn't get Yeah, he just left them in a U-Haul mm -hmm. for 12 months. I was like, I'll just figure that out later. But I mean, but he did. Because uh, eventually he admittedly... fucked up episode of Storage Wars. <laughs> oh, God. God. <laughs> you pull up the thing and so much as... Heads fall down. <laughs> How much you think it works? I don't know. Go back immediately. <laughs> I mean, but he I had a plan the market for, for new kneecap. So I gotta get ready for hot girl summer. Yeah. Get some new kneecaps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in total, Mitch admittedly dumped 53 body parts in two separate locations in uh, Arizona parks. Mitch claimed he dumped the body parts for his own social and political agenda. Politica, political, right? I'm saying that right. Let's fuck up. Yeah. Harder. No, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I'm <laughs> self-conscious about that. But he had his own agenda. He said that he wanted to bring attention to the lack of regulation in the body donation oh, industry. Okay. Oh, no, now. Now I understand. And that's why I was like, okay, I see like you had like you had a plan in mind. But like I guess you thought they're more regulated than we thought, because you're going to jail now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that in September he was convicted. What well, is past September he was convicted? And guess how long he is gonna be sitting in prison for? Three we weeks. Go round robin with it. No, not three weeks. Longer than three weeks. I, I think they gave him ten. They gave him a dime at least. Mm, I think okay. maybe four or five years? I'm okay. Two years. So People for the are all, weird about bodies, dude. Yeah. So for the twenty-four counts, he got six years in total. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. How about that? They're trying to get him for eighteen Price months. Is right, I went over. Yeah, yeah you're, no, he was a little over. But yes, six years in total. He'll be sitting in prison for chucking those bodies. And he did come out in a statement saying that he is deeply sorry to the families. And it's like, okay, well, thanks, Mitch. But now we gotta scoop up all these arms and legs. <laughs> it's like you gotta, you gotta play like doc. You gotta doctor the bodies together to cremate them. Like, you can't even just mass cremate them. Hmm. But I mean, it really makes me feel like if he had just removed the tags, he, he would have been, been fine. Free. This would have be been a new mystery. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, if they DNA test and know where those like bodies came from and what happened to the rest of them, well, I'm surprised they're, longer, I mean, they're but... just gonna sit sit in the DNA bank for what twenty years before that gets tested. I'm Imagine willing... he gets pulled over at a gas station and some cop is like, "Hey, bro, why you got a bunch of titties in your backseat?" Well, he doesn't oh want to throw those out. Cool. That's worth keeping. Yeah. <laughs> he has a sack in his room. You know, so he says the whole point of this is to bring attention to the industry and the misuse of bodies, but I'm willing to bet he didn't change anything. I'm willing to bet it's the exact oh, same. No. Hey, I mean, we're let, talking let about me, Let me demonstrate the misuse of bodies by misusing all misusing. of these bodies. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a very reactionary defense. Like, hey kids, I'm gonna show you why crack is whack by getting high as fuck in front of me. No, he was trying to do uh, his own version of the movie Fresh. 
Oh. Well, originally, I kind of thought when you were like, oh, you know, these body parts and stuff, I was like, oh, man, he's going to have a Frankenstein in his basement. Like, oh, he assembled so it all yeah, himself. Yeah. And- Frankenstein's back monster the- with, like, six arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a knee for a head. All uh-huh. I have is knees. Just- <laughs> Introducing my wife. <laughs> All right, so this is a really fun crime. I was at work, and I finally found, like, the headline that I really liked, and it actually led me down kind of a deep rabbit hole that I didn't expect, so I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on this. A lot less gruesome than yours, Andre, but... We love a rabbit hole. We love a rabbit hole. Call me Alice, because I'm you going to... see a rabbit hole? If the, I've actually never seen Alice in Wonderland. Did that, did that reference fly? Not that, that kind of hole, Andre. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, March 28th, 2021. A man who remains anonymous flew from Georgetown, Guyana to JFK International Airport. And if that sounds familiar to anybody at all, Guyana is the same country where Jim Jones took the People's Temple in 1977 and built Jonestown, which later resulted in the mass murder of over 900 people, you know, like drink the Kool-Aid, technically it was Flavor-Aid, we all know. And so our story's origin is only like 200 miles to the southeast in a place called Georgetown. So this guy flies from Georgetown to New York. And when he gets there, Customs and Border Patrol stops his luggage after he arrives for a second inspection because they get a call from the Guyana airport telling them that maybe they missed something. And Border Patrol found 30 finches being transported in hair rollers in this man's luggage. The birds were... they were dead? No, no. (laughs) Oh, no. 30, almost 30 live birds were quarantined and sent to the U.S. Department of Agriculture and Veterinary Services because the threat of birds being smuggled into the U.S. from another country lies in the spread of avian flu or bird flu. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. (laughs) So this guy gets detained and Border Patrol finds almost 30 birds in his luggage. And really quick, I want to go over what is normal for Border Patrol to seize if you're wondering if this has happened before. So a representative from CBP said, quote, during a regular day in 2020, they seized 3,091 prohibited plant, meat, animal byproducts and soil and intercepted 250 insect pests at U.S. ports of entry nationwide. For what it's worth, I don't know if this is to say during any given day, this is Border Patrol's regular numbers or if that's just an example they have of like, a weird look, time one time. Yeah, exactly. As this story goes on, I have another fun fact with some more numbers but i gotta i gotta let it cook for a minute so when reached out to for comment on why the birds were smuggled border patrol could not say why the birds were being brought into the country but previous news reports indicate finches have been smuggled and sold for bird singing competitions i found out oh yeah oh yeah so i found out there was an interesting precedent for our for this particular case in 2018 another man also from georgetown guyana was detained at the same airport at jfk so three years before this case for smuggling more than twice as many finches into the u.s different guy he smuggled 70 finches to the u.s which is crazy and so i started to have this thought of like okay i've got two guys from the same town three years apart smuggling various amounts of birds and that's kind of where both of these articles ended and i started to like dive deeper and like what the fuck is going on why are people importing birds from south america and so i found this new york times article with some really interesting information about illegal finch smuggling they have mentions of four different cases 
since 2018 of this exact nature. And there's too much info to share here, but I've got the best bits summarized. And we'll kind of get into the sinister underbelly of finch smuggling. So finch singing competitions, <laughs> known as bird races, are commonly held in local parks in Brooklyn and Queens, where Guyanese people, I hope that's how you say like people from Guyana. Yeah, sounds right. They have dedicated communities in Brooklyn and Queens, and in public parks, they have quote-unquote bird races. Uh, and they are not actually racing. It's when you put two specifically male chestnut-bellied seed finches in a cage together, and they are judged on how fast and how long they sing when held beside each other in cages, stimulating their instinct to establish dominance. In a race, the winning bird will be the first to chirp 50 times. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Finches can be worth three to $5,000 a bird if they become champions. Shit. So in 2019, a man smuggling, a man convicted, of smuggling 26 finches from Guyana. His name was Francis Gurahu. I hopefully I pronounced that right. He expected to earn almost $100,000 from the sale of his birds. And as of the publishing of this article, which was June 2019, agents of the Border Patrol have discovered agents of the Border Patrol have discovered 326 songbirds being smuggled through 16 major airports across the nation. Um and in 2018, agents confiscated 2,117 birds being illegally smuggled uh, to New York, which is fucking crazy. New York is fucking weird. I, I'm yeah, always like, DraftKings really is. is stupid. Why are you betting on sports? But there's motherfuckers in New York who are literally betting on how quickly a bird yeah. can, like... <laughs> on a fucking finch? Yeah. Uh-huh. How, how long do they even live for? That's a... How? <laughs> Bet on a bird. Okay, it's so. like... Oh, no, Diet they get old. cockfighting. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> my, yeah, uh, micro penis cockfight. A really basic Google search shows me about 15 to 20 years is the average life expectancy of a finch, which is pretty good. Not bad. So you can't just, like... You can't like just, like, farm some finches in the U.S.? Like, you can't just, like, start up their uh, own breeding thing? I, I guess... I'm not positive if, like, I think it's these feral specific finches. Yeah, so a bunch it. of feral finches. Everybody knows if they're not from the mm -hmm. street that, like, those well, you finches, gotta get them. They don't, they don't you have. You gotta it get in them direct from Guyana. Yeah, it's it's gotta be from from the homeland. Yeah, that's where they show up best. Oh, what is a world record pace for like finch racing? Like, Ooh. how quickly do they chirp fifty times? That's a really good question. It has to be slow well, yeah, enough. Yeah, because like I'm imagining count. a dude with one of those like silver clicker counters and just like yes. rapidly <laughs> blessing it as fast as he can, you know. Oh, TJ, uh, I think that's literally how they do it. Yeah, I'm pretty so, like, sure. I, like how many chirps? Fifty oh, in like Finch 20 racing seconds? world I don't know. record. Yeah, go ahead and find out some records for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, Finch bird racing to see like what any sort of record is, because I traced back the origins of this, and we'll start to hit that. Um, so a queen's local. I, can I make yeah. a prediction? It's European wealthy white people <laughs> again. I can I can see it. You know, it's pretty safe. Robert, but... I think you will find that your answer is not correct necessarily, but they are involved. <laughs> so queen's local Ray Harinarian, Harinarain. His name's Ray. Says this is like a sport <laughs> from back home. 
People bring their traditions from Guyana to New York. Champion birds bestow status on their owners and can increase the value of the finch like a racehorse. So these are like literally prized birds that people like keep in their homes. It's not just like a toy to them. And on finch races, people will bet something as small as like breakfast or a beer to as large as like thousands of dollars on a single race. Uh, if you're really confident That's in your That's a wide bird. margin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so an article I found- I did to have local... a warm butt light or my house. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> These people are like gung ho about it. So, an article I found on local Guyanese bird racing uh, shed some light on the tradition. In Guyana, the birds are well taken care of and respected for their ability to earn status and wealth for their owners. This tradition is believed to have been brought to South America by indentured servants in the early 19th century and has been a way of diffusing cultural differences among men from Africa, India, Brazil, and Venezuelan backgrounds. A Georgetown native told reporters from Reuters, quote, all backgrounds and religions come together all because of this one bird. There are people people I know who have been raising finches since they were children specifically for this. And the reason that, like, the whole reason we're talking about this, right, is because one guy uh, smuggled 30 birds into New York two years ago. And this is why it's a crime at all. So the conditions these birds are smuggled in are typically unsurprisingly very bad for the birds. No climate control or access to food and water. These conditions subject the animals to a higher likelihood of shedding and passing along any virus or disease they may have. It stresses them the fuck out. And in 2015, the U.S. experienced a highly pathogenic strain of bird flu that caused an estimated $1 billion in damages, as well as the deaths of over 50 million chickens and turkeys to prevent the spread of the flu. And at the time, that was 12% of the nation's egg-laying population and 8% of turkeys being raised for meat. More recently, a highly contagious strain of bird flu, HN58, was being transmitted throughout Russia. This strain is absolutely lethal for birds and had previously not been transmittable through humans until 21, the year of this particular crime. So it seems like the main issue with this case is just that these birds are being brought to the U.S. for gambling purposes and their transport conditions in turn create a high probability of putting other animals and a multi-billion dollar industry at risk, which is why these things are seized and taken, obviously. And some of you might know, or maybe you don't know, that as of right now, the U.S. is currently seeing the largest case of bird flu ever recorded, as of right now, surpassing the numbers from 2015, which is why you may have noticed, like, eggs and chicken more expensive than ever. So it just goes to show that even though smuggling tiny birds and hair rollers to gamble on bird singing competitions sounds silly, it can apparently jeopardize the economy. And so that comes- Dick knows of bird records. Okay. Oh, man. So, (laughs) well, no. So I found the initial number, then I found a dude who broke the world record, but turns out he was cheating. So I'll hit you with the actual- He was cheating on behalf of the bird. What the hell? Yeah, but like by a big margin too. It's wild. So like the average Finch would do 50 chirps within two minutes. That's that's like the average number of a male, male you know, finch. Mm-hmm. Now, this one dude, uh, his name is like, Vi- this happened in Vikingsport, Thailand. One finch sang a record of 1,278 chirps in one hour. Dude. The owner was later accused of dropping the bird with testosterone. <laughs> You're helping <laughs> the birds? <laughs> Holy shit. But, but it turns out he was using a mini CD player under a box that the bird was sitting on top of. I can't fucking believe that. <laughs> but, like, imagine, like, your little finch that you had since you were a kid. He can get out 50 good ones, 50 good chirps. And his dude comes up with his finch singing a thousand something chirps. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god. Like, that that fed, that fed has There's a do- New York Times article about it, and like the top cover is a giant picture of these two dudes just intently staring at these bird cages. The Lance Armstrong of birds. Oh my god. Do we have an anti-doping administration for this? <laughs> for the finches? Pull up bird racing. Right. We really need is regulation. So they're bringing gambling back to Twitch. All the gambling addicts on Twitch get to bet on birds, and we get to save uh, a bunch of chickens and maybe get eggs priced up. Mm. Yeah. Birds mm-hmm. tweeting? Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twitter will be the first sponsor. Elon Musk will love that shit. So Finch- yeah. also yeah. sneak in that Finch-K? ASMR community. Let listen to all the bird chirp. Any any thoughts on what this guy's punishment was? He's trying to smuggle thirty birds. Oh yeah, yeah five thousand uh, dollars. So you're talking about the original guy? Three that's weeks smuggled. in jail. I think it's like five grand. Okay, how, Kelly how says many three weeks. Smuggle? 30 birds. 30 birds. 30. 30 birds. The year of 2021. I'm going to say he got like 18 months probation. I'm kind of wondering with the like whole disease thing. Because post-COVID, maybe people are harsher about that uh, now. Like, I'm going to say like a year? No, nah, I think you just got a fine. Bird seized. Big fine. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, death penalty. He's going down. Oh, well, no way. No, I'm joking. Okay, no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he paid a fine of $300 and then they sent him back to Guyana. Oh, uh, wow. It's not. Yeah, yeah so Robert like nailed it. I was thinking yeah. deportation or something. Hey, yeah, they sent him back. <laughs> Risking $300 to potentially get like 30 grand yeah. is great. Is this really a dumb ki- crime or is it a genius crime? It's a side hustle, yeah. So, like, it's one of those questions you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Because, like, okay, remember in 2019, agents confiscated 2,000 birds. That's only the ones they caught. Like, <laughs> someone out there is getting Shit. these birds to New York and making cash. So, just Max, next like, time. movie Blow, but is what. What do they do with <laughs> birds when they confiscate them put them down they give them to the agriculture department they shake them. Uh, they, uh, maybe they do get to race see know. what they really need to do is have somebody work in there that can quarantine them for 30 days and then smuggle them back uh-huh. into the population i'm imagining that's what the 30 days is for yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the feds are getting involved if the government just regulated the bird industry they could you know like, right. it could be a new resource. Honestly, at the end that of could the be day. a new resource. But yeah, I guess uh, just <laughs> all these things to keep in mind. You know, the next time you think about committing some stupid crime like this, you know, Mike Tyson. The next Mike Tyson could be born beating the dog shit out of you for doing something bird-brained. For <laughs> <laughs> smuggling some finches. <laughs> so after being wanted by police for seven years, Unknowingly? a South African man named Nakobo unwillingly <laughs> gave himself up to police. This past. Uh, last year by walking right into a police station. I love that for him. Yeah, in 2015, he had stolen what amounted to like $1,200 worth of equipment that he was like supposed to deliver in the course of his job to clients. And oddly enough, despite being a wanted criminal, he applied for a job at his local police station. He was arrested on August 15th of last year when he went in person to the station to check the status of his application. <laughs> Y'all ain't called me back yet, and I'm getting real annoyed. <laughs> Which, uh, my favorite part of the story was, it says here, the Lieutenant General Samakalang Daphne Monomela did say her. She's wearing a little <laughs> purple headband. Um, <laughs> we are working tirelessly day and night, sticking to our mandate of creating a safe environment for all citizens. We cannot achieve that stage 
While suspects are still roaming the streets and terrorizing communities, she then added, it's just a matter of time before we bring them to justice. <laughs> For $1,200? Well, <laughs> well done. But You're also, so like, impressive. we're going to bring them to justice. He fucking walked into himself. <laughs> like, he did. He did 90% of your job for you. are working tirelessly. If I was this guy, I'd be like, you know what? I heard this case about a guy who stole like $1,200 worth of shit. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Genuinely. We're all looking for the guy who did this. Yeah, it's so weird. He looks just like me, which is, mm. I want to clear my name. Exactly. Or my face, I guess. He's like, uh, just, I got to I gotta have a clean record. I just want to go straight. I'm going to get a job. Wipe the evidence. He's got like the end of his career, 65 years old. He's retiring tomorrow. And he's just staring at this one manila envelope on his desk, thinking to himself, it's the one case I could never solve. But like seven years and you just walk you right in. Forgot about just him. walked yeah. right in. Do you know what specifically he stole? It was like computer or like hardware, like computer hardware. I mean, I don't rack up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, mm -hmm. I mean, if you steal the right stuff, that's like 24 items. Yeah. He, he, stole, he stole a bunch of TI calculator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna grift yeah, some high just, schools? Some kids aren't gonna learn how to graph, I guess. <laughs> You'll never learn scientific notation. You'll never be a man. You're never gonna have a calculator in your pockets. So. Tangent who? <laughs> yeah, no. what, what kind of a weird future would that be like? Do you have a calculator in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? I mean, so did he get So he, he's. Yeah. How long is he in jail for now? Um. I don't know if they're penalty. to that death penalty point yet. It did not say. <laughs> well, here's hoping yeah. that he gets a fair trial yeah. at least. Get the seven years he uh, I mean, if, if ran anything, away he... from the law. Three yeah, weeks. Just... No, no, he got three weeks. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna say shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do we give people mulligans legally? Like, if the jury uh, heard mulligan. about this, be yeah. like, yeah, he clearly fucked up. Like, give him this one. Yeah, this is an L. Yeah, it's a warning. They're called warnings. It's called being a white man in America. <laughs> that's, oh, that's a mulligan. <laughs> You're like cats, you get nine lives. As I said, I kind of misunderstood that. So, originally had something way, way serious, and then was like, oh, okay. So, I came up with Santa robberies. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah, much more fun. So, let's see. So, there's one in 2009, right? And this is kind of like, okay, this has happened before. When Father Christmas strolled into the bank holding a sack, customers thought they might be in for a few surprises, right? Yeah. But this sinister Santa felt he was, it was better to receive than give. Yeah. Whipping out a gun and uh, demanding cash. Downloaded the wrong Santa. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, whoever wrote this article was like, all right, I got this one, guys. But yeah, like, this dude strolled in, and then they say, like, it's unbelievable. He was actually jovial, which is scary. He explained that he was robbing the bank because Santa has to pay his elves this year. I... Ho, ho, motherfucker. Ho, ho, ho. Get on I'm the ground. I kind of love him. I, like, kind of twisted, like, Santa Robin Hood. If we uh, had just allowed the elves to unionize, this never would have happened. <laughs> I mean, he's a good boss. He, he didn't have the money, so he had to get it somewhere else. But the thing but about a, this but one... a terrible husband. So the thing about this one, though, is <laughs> that, like, they have some CCTV pictures of him, and it's like... Cool Santa. Cool Santa get with up, a gun. Right? Like, 
beard strapped to the face, like big puffy white like arms. I don't know, cuff, cuffs and stuff. Yeah, he's got the big belt, the fake belly. And he also put on sunglasses to block his face, right? So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you're robbing a bank, <laughs> disguise yourself. All right, Santa. Yeah. So, anyways, that, but not just that. Go full, go full in on the bit. Yeah, that's how he appeals to the kids. <laughs> he took, he took an improv class, right? And definitely, like <laughs> in the in the beginning, it's like, oh, well, they thought they were gonna get gifts. Like, yeah, people are gonna be really confused when you walk in, but they're not gonna be thinking you're about to rob this place, right? So that led me to this other Santa Claus in 2014. So apparently, in San Francisco, there is a Santa Con. Right, so hundreds of people dress up. They go to Union Square, and like, you know, God, God, where's the quote? There was one that was like, "It's no longer a festive event; it's hedonistic debauchery." It's like, okay, I am interested now. But apparently, it's like so big. Where do I sign up? Yeah, it's like spread over the world and stuff now. So, I bet, I bet it's spread. Yeah, it's a fun time. Dress up like Santa, get drunk. So one guy gets the bright idea to, I guess, copycat this bank robbery, except he did it in the dumbest way possible. His Santa outfit, I'll send the link to you guys just so you can check out. Yeah, pop that in the chat. Yeah, but for the people that can't see it. Like, this guy walked into, like, a <gasps> store Santa costume. Like, wow. the chin, like, the beard is, like, strapped to his chin. Like, you can clearly see his whole face. <laughs> right? And then there's, like, a point where he's, like, kind of <laughs> smiling a bit and, like, holding a wad of cash. Like, still standing yeah, in front of the, the rain, teller. Like, fuck. you've got your money. Get the hell out of there. It looks Dude, like the, the like, <laughs> hospital paper gown version of yes. the costume. Oh, yeah, it looks it'll, it'll look like it'll tear pretty easily. It's a good thing they didn't get camera of him from the back. Like, any swift move. <laughs> so this dude's bright idea was just like, oh, we'll work for somebody else. I'm going to do it. And then barely committed, right? Didn't cover his face, nothing. Mm-hmm. Walks in, hands him a letter, jokes with the teller, whatever, and walks back out. FBI never found him. Like, they have pictures of this dude's full face. Like, if that was Robbie or Robert, I'd be like, I know who that is. Never found him. Guys, the cops are working tirelessly to Mm -hmm. keep us safe and to keep Santa's from terrorizing Mm -hmm. the community. He's stationed, and he never walked in. (laughs) I worked a double today. You win some, you lose some. That's absolutely right. The idea that this dude so casually walked in pocketed the cash and then was like all right next pub let's go like well hey it worked out for him well that's like a scene that's a scene you see in movies all the time of like oh we coordinate a bunch of people to all wear the same thing and i walk out and then just disappear into the crowd but he didn't even need to pay <laughs> extra people no. he got to keep everything just do it on the day everyone wears right. the same he shitty costume that one montage <laughs> That's that's the thing is like it, I, it's dumb the way he executed it, but like in the grand scheme of things, I guess it's so dumb it just might work. I would have so much anxiety every day, like every like knock on my door, I'm like, oh, it's time, they finally got me. <laughs> like the, I know it's been the <laughs> kid in class that's just waiting because they're like, oh, I did something, the principal's gonna find out. Yeah, I just asked for money. They're the ones that assume. Hmm. They were my friend, and I, la- I she, she told me how she got robbed, and I accidentally laughed at her because it was just really absurd. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, yeah, I was walking down the street, and this like, guy walked up to me and said, yo, bitch, give me your phone. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, for real? And she was like, yeah, yeah, he just said, give me your phone. And I was like, well, what'd you do? She was like, I gave him my phone. <laughs> 
he walked away. It's like because like, I get it. Like, because you probably would just so shocked. Like, what the fuck is about to happen? Because, <laughs> hey, bitch, give me your phone. <laughs> I like to think he was just yeah. walking around the corner to make a call ready? privately. He was gonna give it back. <laughs> yeah, he comes back. Like, Where, where'd she go? <laughs> Hey, Thanks why for the phone, bitch. I am a really cowardly person. If someone walked up to me, like no weapon drawn at all, and said, "Just give me your phone, bitch," I would probably just do it. Hey, Robbie, I'm, could, could Robbie just throw it on? <laughs> do you have an address? <laughs> <laughs> right, go ahead, Robert. So, send us home. You ready? This is a little inspiring. The person who committed this committed this crime i won't say that it's not a crime but i will say that uh, i think there's going to be songs written about this woman a real so, rosa parks uh, perhaps a freddy versus song <laughs> <laughs> the rosa parks of our generation <laughs> so october 12th 2022 so this is still ongoing this person has been arrested but they have not been convicted yet so all of this is alleged at this cent- at this moment but you'll see that uh pretty clear cut so on october 12th there was going to be an eviction taking place on this 70 year old retiree alton king jr so alton king he had lived in his home for decades and a tooth jr (laughs) shout out martin luther king by the way it's his day right now yeah so that's why i feel so powerful yeah it's martin luther king jr day so 2006 king he has some work done at his home and he refinances his mortgage to help pay for it. A mortgage that he was paying, no no problem whatsoever. But because of the predatory lender amortization schedule, his payments went from $3,200 to $13,400. So this isn't a, a case of, yeah, this person just unfortunately, they Those weren't paying a reasonable rate. Yeah, no, he was expected to be paying $13,400 a mortgage payment. So a lot of people came out in protest when the police showed up to evict Alton King Jr. from his property. There is an organization called the Massachusetts Alliance Against Predatory Lending. They're an organization partners with the NAACP to, because obviously these are targeting a specific group of people in Massachusetts, these uh, predatory lenders. These two organizations come together to, you know, help the legal battles of people getting to keep their homes that they can afford to pay reasonable mortgages on, but because of uh, racist lending practices, they're driven up to prices like $13,000 a month and crazy shit like that. So protesters outside of Alton King Jr.'s house, police show up, they're about to start dispersing people and evict Alton King. And then a truck rolls up, and this lady pops out of her truck. She goes back to a trailer that she bought, or she brought with her, to these wooden boxes. And she starts just shaking these wooden boxes, and she's wearing a beekeeper's outfit. She unleashes her hives of bees at the police in response to the unethical eviction. And fly, my pretties, fly! <laughs> there, there's no the world wind. where you don't get caught. You showed up in a very identifiable outfit in your truck. And uh, so she was arrested on the scene. 
she didn't fight back while she was arrested. Other than just releasing the bees, she did not uh, fight the she officers at all. While she was being while she was being arrested and handcuffed, one of the officers said, "Did you know some of our officers are allergic?" And she said, "Oh, you're allergic? Good." <laughs> and if that's not the hardest shit, like she's like a Batman villain. <laughs> she said, "I hope, I hope you're God, crossover allergic. episode of the Pigeon and the Beekeeper." Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> there was so one officer was sent to the hospital, but was later released. So there was no long-term hospitalizations. There were officers stung, and she was charged. This uh, this woman was charged with four accounts of assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon. In parentheses, <laughs> bees. <laughs> and three accounts of assault by means of a dangerous weapon, also bees. So she has not been granted bail, uh, and she's currently being held. And because this happened in October, there hasn't been a trial yet. So did she commit this crime? Yes, clearly. I don't think she is uh, going to say she didn't commit it. Um, but whether or not uh, she'll get a maximum sentence or anything like that will be, I think, a matter of publicity. Like, I have never done a cool thing in my life compared to this. So the woman, her last name is Woods, she kind of had something similar happen to her in her past that happened with Alton King's mortgage. So mortgage now story. she goes around the country and she helps people protest and, like, keep their homes, essentially. And I don't know what it was about this one. She just snapped and uh, I'm breaking up. she sacrificed she probably, the hives. Yeah. She probably been, been training them motherfuckers for years. They were ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was their day. We went to a music festival in Chicago in September with Robert, and we were in line to get food, and this motherfucker kept catching oh, bees, smashing them between his hands and grinding Robert? them into dust. People were staring. Like, wow, visibly frightening the people behind us. Uh, it was. I was vibing. I was vibing to the music. Smushing bees. Uh, there was yeah. not a call from stage. The lead singer was not like, "All right, motherfuckers, we're gonna kill some bees." It wasn't that he was doing something wrong. It was just the fur with which he was doing it. It was deranged. <laughs> he was Imagine, like, in that moment. He was built for that. Imagine. I, hey, you have goblin mode exhaustion. is a word for the year of 2022. Old and I was goblin. going goblin mode on those bees. That's right. He went, he went full tofer. But hey, that was the season finale. We talked about everything from dismembered corpses to bee attacks. And everything in between. Everything in between. And join by our lovely friends, Freddy Versus. Well, tell them where they can find you and stuff. Plug yourself. Yeah, Plug. you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Freddy Versus Band. And it's just Freddy VS. You know, like, you don't have to spell a word out. It's like the movie. It's the concept. You can you find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, anywhere you can get music. Amazon Music. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I know anyone who uses that, but one of you are out there. Uh, <laughs> God and God bless you. I guess we're soon to have a Twitter. Uh, oh, TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. We have all sorts of stupid, funny content there, and we got a lot of exciting things coming up this year. Yeah, just follow us on Instagram. You'll you'll get all the news. And uh, please, yeah, you just listen to our album. We've got something for everyone. We've got thrash metal. We've got pop punk. We got like '50s inspired prom music. We've got a little something for everybody: grandparents, children. We uh, we cover all the bases. <laughs> Watch out for Keepers. illicit content, though. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Mm -hmm. And again, thank you for having us on the show. It means so much. Oh, like, yeah. You know, I'll, I've obviously I've been friends with Robert for years and I've been listening to the show for a couple of years. And so it's fun to see these worlds collide and be oh, The wedding was lit. I was so drunk. <laughs> Very good. I got wedding. a lot of really fun oh, videos. And that's the show. Enjoy the music. Follow us on all the social medias. It's Topher. You know what it is. Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks or so. Later, skaters. Oh Wait, kisses God. from the home. Yeah, something like that. Kisses from the homies. Mm -hmm. Aww. <laughs> you gonna and get one, Robert? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> goblin mode. <laughs>